The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Crush. This is another Friday interview edition, and today I had the great, great pleasure of sitting down for Wainwright Family Part 2. If you'll remember correctly, I uh, interviewed and had a conversation with Loudon Wainwright III about Tokyo Story, and his daughter Lucy came in today. And Lucy and I, uh, if you follow Stuff You Should Know, then you know Lucy played Jerry on the Stuff You Should Know TV show. Quite a task to play the unknown Jerry. And uh, Lucy's great. She's just one of my dear friends who I don't see often enough. Um, but every time we see each other, it's just wonderful. Uh, she's such a just sweet, lovely, wonderful, endearing, uh, kind human soul. Uh, one of the greats walking around on planet Earth, everybody. And not only that, everybody, but she is a great singer and songwriter. Um, as she likes to joke and Loudon likes to joke, it's the family business when you are a Wainwright, and Lucy is actually a Wainwright Roach because her mom, Suzy Roach, is a singer and had a group with her sisters, a three-part harmony group called the Roaches um, in the 80s that was really, really great and sort of uh, under undersung, in my opinion, tight, tight, great three-part harmonies and just comes from a really talented family of Rufus and Martha and Loudon and Suzzy and the whole gang. And uh, Lucy's really good. She has a new album out called Little Beast. 
And uh, as you will learn in this episode, Lucy, uh, although she's a very sweet and kind person, has a, a an undercurrent of sadness that just sort of courses through her body. And she pours that out in her music and writes some some really great, sad, lovely songs and just has the voice of an angel and uh, so talented. So check out Little Beast for sure and go see Lucy in a town near you um, because she's always on the road, everybody, with her her great dog, Maybe, who we talk about. And uh, here we go. She picked uh, Parenthood, which is, I know, a, a favorite of many, many people, the great, great Ron Howard um, comedy uh, dramedy, I guess you would say, from 1989, starring uh, Steve Martin and Jason Robards and uh, Diane Weist and just a whole host, Keanu Reeves and Martha uh, Plimpton and just a young uh, Joaquin Phoenix is just loaded. Tom Hulse, good Lord, what a cast in this movie. And it was a lot of fun going back and rewatching that as an adult and as a parent because it's been many years and it kind of took on new meaning for me. So we had a great talk about parenthood and about uh, growing up and as a Wainwright and Roach and what that's all about. And so here we go with Lucy Wainwright Roach on Parenthood. What's new? Not much. I uh, nothing. I was I'm just in New York, pretty much. Really? Yeah, but I mean, I came home on Wednesday. You were, I think. Oh, you were that's probably right. Already yeah, gone. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I interviewed Peter McNerney. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Oh my gosh, he's the best. Yeah, we did. Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch was his cool. pick. Cool. So I got to see that again. I love him. I I've seen I. I've seen Julie. I rewrote that script, which you should read. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'd like for you to read it. And I saw Julie. I haven't seen anybody else. Have I? No. No Caitlin appearances? No. no. Although I, I met someone who knows her, but I've never seen her since she, like, came to my house for the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I remember dropped that. macaroni in the, <laughs> in the couch. Her... Uh, How's the relation? Her, I think, husband's sister, maybe. Mm-hmm. So her sister-in-law listens to this show. Oh, cool. Because I was there's a lot of, like, Facebook interaction stuff for yeah. the show. And uh, I saw a bits of guy. And, of course, you know. Yeah. How many of those are there? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was like, are you uh, – or she may have even told me first or whatever that Caitlin That's cool. is cool. Yeah, I don't know what she's up to. But... Or maybe she's married – I think she's married to Caitlin's husband's brother. Okay. So that's another kind of in-law. Yeah. I have never seen her again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see her on Facebook some. You yeah, know, that's the only her. way. And then nothing, nothing really. Like, I hang out with Chad still. Yeah? How's he? He's great. He's like one of my bros. So. I haven't seen him in so long. I mean, we're both really busy, so it's not a lot. Yeah. But um, I saw him the other day. I saw him. Oh, we do uh, this thing called Porch Fest every year. In the neighborhood, it's a music. There's like 200 porches in our neighborhood with so 200 cool. bands, and then they're just slotted at different hours all day long, and people just walk around and like That's listen awesome. to live music. So his daughter is 16 now, Grace, wow. and she played her very first gig. That's so cool. With what her did she play? little high, she's the lead singer. That's so awesome. And they did like Rolling Stones and Fleetwood Mac. and That's so cool. All these like. <laughs> I haven't seen him since his, like, well, he's had a third kid. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him in a, a really Scarlet. long time. How old is she? She's, um, she's a little older than Ruby, I think. So yeah. like close to four. Wow. But we don't, they moved from Decatur. 
Oh, so, so I don't nearby. see them as much, which yeah. really stinks because I love his whole family and yeah, it'd be fun to all hang out like that. He's so great. But I did go by and see Grace sing, and all it was you would have loved it. That's pretty awesome. It's like all those That's kind so of cool. first gig jitters, and it's like the total high school band, which was kind of fun. That's so cool. Yeah. To think that a high schooler is doing that with their time makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get my first band until I was like 38. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you sang your whole life. Yeah, but I was not in that. I was, I was, I mostly played with dolls. Really? (laughs) Yeah. What was your favorite doll? (laughs) Oh, all of them. I I, I used to cut them open and Uh do surgeries on them and then stitch them back up. Oh. Which, um, a friend of mine once encountered them in like a box mm-hmm. years later and was alarmed. Right, because they were stitched me. up. Yep. <laughs> Little horror dolls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so what, like I had your dad in here, which was, did you listen to that by any chance? I listened to it, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. And I, I thought very interesting that he picked like, well, you picked parenthood, which is like the sweetest like family story ever. He picked Tokyo Story, which was like <laughs> about this father basically telling his children, like, you've all disappointed me. <laughs> well, there's some overlap there, I feel like, uh-huh. in parenthood sure. and, and that. But, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, we'll get to parenthood a little bit. I was just kind of thought that was funny. Yeah. That your dad picked Tokyo Story. <laughs> of course he did. It's like the most like somber downer movie of all time. <laughs> Have you seen it? No. No. Oh. <laughs> you should watch it sometime okay. when you want to be thoroughly sad. Okay, cool. Maybe write a song about it. All right. <laughs> uh, how's the family, though? Good? They're good. They're all good. My sister has two kids that are big now, eight uh-huh. and four. Wow. And my brother's kid is seven. He has a son? A daughter. Oh, a daughter. Okay. But everybody's fine-ish, you know? Uh-huh. Like, kind of the same. Yeah. How's your mom? She's good. We are about to do some shows together with my dad, the three of us. Oh, cool. Next month. And those are always so we're, fun, huh? Yeah. Interesting. We're gearing up for those. <laughs> She's really into rehearsing, so we're currently in hardcore rehearsing mode. Has she always been into rehearsing? Yes. She's a big rehearser. I'm a little bit of a like... Wing it? Yeah. Let's just, you know, but she's not like that. So when I work with her, we, we really lock in. Yeah. And it pays off because, you know, we are very together when we play. Yeah. But, and, the, and the Roaches just had those tight, tight harmonies. Yeah. Like, that was kind of the thing. I think they started the rehearsing lockdown yeah. thing. You had to be really rehearsed to do three parts of anything. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. we're doing a lot of rehearsing. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> Does you, do, do you all three sing together at any point? Yeah, oh, yeah. So we'll, we, when we do a show, the three of us, my mom and I do the first maybe 45 minutes. Then he comes out and does 45 minutes, and then we do uh, a on bunch his own? together. Yeah. And then you come back out and do some more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I always say that um well, I don't always say this, but I say it in my head. <laughs> I say it in my heart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that I used to be a elementary school teacher and when you'd have the kids for the first maybe 6 weeks of school and you'd be like, okay, getting to know the kids and then parent teacher conferences come, the parents come in mm-hmm. and you'll be like, "Oh, right, right. right. Now I understand about the children. And so the shows are kind of like that for me Uh because I'm there and both my parents are there. So the audience can see what happened. Wow. That's super interesting and a weird form of therapy probably. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good way to spend time with your family because you're getting paid. Right. Mm -hmm. Man, 
That would make it all easier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We went on a cruise ship all together as a family, and and that, I feel like, is the way to take a cruise, is to be paid. And that was a a Wainwright family singing cruise? It's a cruise called Kayamo, which is a folk music cruise mostly, and actually it has a subtitle. It's called (laughs) Kayamo, A Journey Through Song. (laughs) So I'm glad at least you know how corny that is. Yeah, we took a journey through song together, and... Mm -hmm. Emmylou Harris was there and oh, Richard Thompson and uh, Brandy Carlisle. A lot of people go and then there are like 3,000 audience members on the boat. Right. Rubbing elbows. Yeah. Which you had already done with the – I talked to your dad about the train thing. Yeah, the train thing. This was like a, a step up because you can't – you really can't get away right. because you're in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> so yeah. we raised the stakes and also my sister came. which She hadn't been able to come to Alaska so she came on the boat. Oh, and played? Yep. What about um, – have you ever been on a cruise? Only then. Yeah. I did one, a work cruise too. I did the Max Von cruise, which was, was comedians and performers, and I did a trivia thing with Hodgman. Was it good? Well, I had a lot of fun because the people were awesome, like Eugene Merman and uh, Nick Thune and Wyatt Cenac and mm-hmm. Hodgman and John Roderick, and like a lot of my pals were there, and we just had a blast. But yeah. I can't say that I would enjoy a cruise other than that. Yeah, I I found myself wondering without the music, right. what would you be doing on I this don't cruise? Know. I mean, those pools gross me out. Yeah. Because there's like a thousand people trying to get in them. Yeah. Most of the stuff is grosses me out. <laughs> the food. <laughs> the way I described it was because uh, Emily was like, what's it like? Because we're not cruisers. And I said, right. it's like someone took a a tall building that was a shopping mall and Tipped it on its side and shoved it out to sea. (laughs) (laughs) They should really put that in the ads. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was not into it, though. I imagine like an Alaska cruise might be a little more fun. There was something cool about being out in the open ocean like that. I I had one moment at night like that where a bunch of us went up to the top deck. And I had never been out to sea, so I was like, well, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing about my job that I like that you probably encounter, too, is like – I probably would never, ever, ever have taken a cruise right. in my whole life. No, same here. But then I ended up doing it for work, and right. I'm glad because it was – Now you know. Now I know <laughs> so much about it. I have so many feelings about it. And same thing with other – just – or even visiting places multiple times. Mm-hmm. If I just had maybe like a two-week vacation to choose a place to go, I probably wouldn't go back again and again to like Princeton, Illinois, for right. example. Yeah. Did you just do a show there? Mm, I've done a couple, but it's not really the kind of place you would vacation normally. But I like that you get to go. Right. Because it's like cool yeah. to see the world that way. Yeah. We've done some shows. Like it's, it, I'm always pushing to do shows in places we haven't been yet. Like we'll always go back to Seattle and Portland and Boston and D.C. and sort of the cities that are really good for us. Yeah. But we've been I've been trying to knock off some of the uh, – you know, flyover states, as they say. Yeah. So we went to Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, I love Lawrence, Kansas. It was great. It's so good. That's such a good town. Uh Uh-huh. I love it. It really reminded me of being in Athens. And, like, St. Louis was cool. And Have you done Iowa City? No, we haven't been to Iowa yet. That's a good one. Yeah. Iowa City, that's a good one. We just went to Salt Lake City, and they were great. Yeah. Like, they were, it was one of the best crowds we've ever had. That's awesome. As far as enthusiasm goes. Yeah. And they weren't even drinking. Even better. It was a dry <laughs> venue. 
<laughs> they must have really liked you then. <laughs> uh, and then we did Salt Lake City and Phoenix. We do like two shows at a time. It's yeah. not hard. That's cool. It's not like grueling touring. Yeah, it's good to get off the regular big city. But you drive Look, around, right? Yep. I spend most of my time in the car. Yeah. How's maybe? She's so good. Is she here? No. Oh, okay. I thought she was here, and I was like, man, if she didn't bring that dog. No. I, I flew here, so she didn't oh. come. She used to fly when I worked with you guys, and she was a teeny tiny puppy. I flew That's her right. back and forth a yeah, bunch yeah. of times, but now she's too big. And you haven't gotten the designation as the, the comfort animal or whatever? Well, <laughs> I may have. Uh, but I, I feel I, I well you in order to okay well I don't know <laughs> how does that work okay in order to get an emotional service animal in the past mm-hmm. you have to take a psychological test to see if you're Prove that you unwell need enough <laughs> yeah which I passed passed in the, which way I was you were unwell un- enough <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah and then they send you a psychiatrist letter saying you need your dog uh-huh. so I did that. But I feel too guilty to use it really? because it just feels – I mean, I, I I have used it a couple of times like if I'm driving late at night and I can't find a hotel that allows dogs but mm-hmm. we need a place to stay. Yeah. I've done it with that. But some people I know have flown with their dogs and stuff and I would love to do that. But I, I just feel like if anyone questioned me, I would just burst into tears and be like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be taking my dog on the plane, which may but that indicate to them that, yeah. <laughs> that say, oh, I need oh. the dog. <laughs> You're good. Good dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, you definitely see people that are clearly sort of taking advantage of that yeah. designation. Um, or maybe not. Yeah. I don't want to judge. I don't either. But they certainly look like, I just wanted to bring my dog. Yeah. Which I totally get. Yeah. Yeah. I love touring with Maybe. She's so good. Yeah. She she She's a very, very, I got so lucky uh-huh. because she can be left in a hotel room without ruining anything she can be left backstage anywhere she just she's so exceedingly lazy that she just like lies down and does nothing during anything i love it she's perfect for going on the road and i could have so easily ended up with a dog who i loved who just couldn't do problem you know yeah she was kind of made to be your little buddy yeah she's so great um for those of you listening lucy has a dog that she got while she was working on her tv show and i think one of uh our ward- Jordan, the yeah. costume, the wardrobe person. Yeah, she found this dog like in the parking lot. In the parking lot of, uh, I think, is there something in called the Big Chicken? <laughs> <laughs> it's an Atlanta You're thing, the best. right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There's a it's, it's a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Marietta that has this giant. It's an old school KFC that has like a thirty foot chicken. And it's a bit known as the big chicken. That's where maybe was found. Really? Yeah, in the parking lot by, the, by the big chicken. chicken. Yeah, That's I got to go back there and visit, like, and make a little pilgrimage eh, to the chicken. You'd be disappointed. <laughs> she doesn't remember, I don't think. She's so good. She was teeny tiny then. She was, like, three months old. Yeah. And she was, like, 15 pounds. Now she's 50 pounds. I remember there was so she's much so uh, consternation about whether or not you should keep this dog. Yeah. And you really had a hard time. Yep. And I was just right next to you going, keep the dog. Yep. You should keep the dog. Totally. Because I just wanted her to come to set every day. Totally. Yeah. She was so good. She was so teeny tiny and she's still so good. And she, um, yeah, I lived in an apartment that didn't allow dogs at the time. So I, for the first few 
weeks, I had to bring her in and out of the apartment in a bag. That's right. And so she learned that the bag was like the portal to getting to pee. Uh huh. So if she had to pee, she would go and put her body halfway in the bag. Like I need to go down (laughs) stairs. So cute. (laughs) And then I moved. Yeah. So now she's allowed. Where do you live now? You're in Brooklyn still. Yeah, in Clinton Hill. Clinton Hill. Yeah. Nice. Um. Well, tell me about growing up. A, a, a Wainwright. Well, um, what was that like? It was it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Uh, yeah. It was. Well, first of all, I grew up mostly with my mom by myself, mm-hmm. um, and so I was really in the seat of the Roach family a lot with my aunts and my mom. Yeah. They were touring a lot, and I was touring with them a lot, and so they were kind of my early early childhood. Um, Unit. Main people yeah. that I was with most of the time. And then my dad lived in England when I was really little, but then he, he came back um, to the States. And But I would say as adults, oh, we, we definitely knew each other well as ki- when I was a kid, but as adults, we've spent a lot more time together than we did when I was a kid. Right. So it wasn't um, like when you were a little kid, it was you and mom and dad and Martha and Rufus all like – you know, every day hanging out. No, it was Martha and Rufus were up in Canada with their mom. Mm-hmm. We have kind of a good setup in the family. It's like everybody has their own mom almost. Mm-hmm. Like yep. my younger sister has her own own mom and then I have my own mom. And then Martha and Rufus, they sh- they had to share. And your dad's just the fulcrum. Yeah. And it's cool because like, you know, that's cool to get your own mom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've got my own mom. <laughs> yeah. And so – um yeah, they were up in Canada with their mom, and I was with my mom in New York. Mm-hmm. And we all the kids were together for holidays sometimes and summers. Yeah, and with my dad and but my dad and my mom were very close always throughout my life. So that's great. They would hang out a lot. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. Yeah. I, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, I was never bummed about my parents not being together. Mm-hmm. I think because it like seemed like well this seems good you right. know like I was hanging out with my mom I liked that and then my dad came around and we'd all go out to dinner and it was right. fine and no one was stressed out and so, yeah it's really good yeah um you grew up in New York though right yeah in Greenwich Village wow the yeah. best place in the world it is pretty great <laughs> although it's kind of like a fancy mall right now well like what area like Bleecker Street used to be pretty interesting you know guitar uh-huh. stores and yeah. And now it's like all a Marc Jacobs ad. Oh, really? You know, like stores that are very, very expensive. Yeah. But John's Pizza is still there. And that's what really counts. Yeah. Because that's where I used to go for my birthday parties. And if you are ever in New York, you should go to John's Pizza on Bleecker Street. It's so good. (laughs) There's some place in the village, and I think it was near the school that you taught at. Didn't you teach over there? Or maybe you went to the school? I went to – Couple of schools. Down it was there. A, uh, the best egg rolls I've ever had. It was at a little really? Chinese place, kind of over near there. I think. I wonder where it was. And I will go down there because you. Know, I mean, for me, an egg roll is got to be a very specific kind of egg roll. Uh huh. Like the big, huge, dimply ones. Okay. Um, not the more uh, spring roll types. Right, right, right. Like the, the little cheap egg rolls. Yeah, the look on your face says not those. Not those. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I like the big. <laughs> Big Daddy dimpled <laughs> yeah. egg rolls. Well, or like two time, of them. You'll have like to take meal. me there next time you come to town. I will. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you're never there when I'm there. I know. I'm never there is yeah. part of the problem. But. Um, and where does Maybe stay when you're gone? She stays with um, 
my mom sometimes, or we have sort of a patchwork collection of people who who take care of her, uh-huh. or she comes with me. So she's very. She has many different New York City apartments. She's very malleable, though. She always yeah. has been, I feel she's like. She's got this house, that house, this person, that person. That's good. Yeah. And she's got many mothers, whereas we all had our <laughs> own mothers. She's got so many mothers. She's just like a can't with all these mothers. No dads? Um, Not that have taken on her full care. She uh-huh. has – well, my stepdad, Stuart. Did you ever meet Stuart? I, I think know. so. He and my mom live together, and she loves him. And yeah. so maybe stays with them. I feel like your mom's um, old dog has passed, right? She did, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Friendy. She, for (laughs) example, could not have gone on the road ever. Yeah. She was – every time you get her in the car, she just stress breathed. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he seems to always be sort of chilling with that one ear up. Yep. So cute. She's chilling, which means also she won't do anything. She, when you take her to the park, she sits down. Really? Yeah, and looks at the <laughs> other dogs like, "Why? Are, it's, I know you must really like to come here." Does she get along with other dogs? Yeah, she's a little bit um, on the doggy spectrum, perhaps. Uh-huh. Like she, <laughs> she doesn't fight with other dogs, but she's kind of like, "What dogs?" You know, right. like they come around her and they're like, let's play. And she's like, I don't understand what you what you could possibly mean. Yeah. Our old, our dog, Lucy, who passed away a long time ago, pre, pre-knowing you, mm-hmm. um, which is to say that we did not name our dog after you. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but I would. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> um, Lucy, Emily used to say that Lucy's not a dog person. Yeah. Because she was sort of the same way. Yeah. She like eventually would fight when dogs would corner her. Yeah. But she generally just wasn't like, didn't know how to play. Yeah. When the dogs come to smell her butt, she sits down. Oh. <laughs> She's like, no, thanks. That's enough. Thank you. Well, that might be the proper reaction. Yeah, actually. fair enough. It's her it's her right, isn't it? Um, how did movies and like stuff like that play a part in your early life? Like your dad was acting. And did you ever like go to set? Did you think that was cool or was it just normal? He wasn't um, in – he really started to be in more movies when I was like – in high school and college, yeah, and I did go to set when he was he was on that TV show Undeclared. Yeah, yeah, um, love that show. And I went to that set, and that was really cool. That was the first time I've been to a set, and then the next time was probably when we did our show, right? Which was so fun too. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, so he and my mom was in a movie when I was really little. I actually thought about choosing that movie, Crossing Delancey. Your mom was in that? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah, she plays. I think I know that Amy Irving. Amy Irving. Yeah, yeah. it's a and good movie. He like she's trying to get set up with a the pickle man uh-huh. on the Lower East Side, and uh, Amy Irving tries to pawn off the date on her friend, and that's my mom. Really, I believe her character's name is Marilyn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of fun. And so I remember going to the movie theater to see my mom in that movie. Yeah, and that was weird. Uh huh. Because um, you were a kid. Yeah, I was like six or seven. Yeah. So I was like, this is confusing. Yeah. But uh, then my dad was in more stuff when I was older, and that's just been really fun. You know, he I love that because he loves to do that. Yeah, he seemed like he likes it. And so it's just – and he he's funny, and it's fun to see him in things. But it is odd to see people you know in movies, don't you think? Yeah. It's hard to a little detach bit. from that. I yeah. Like. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know a ton of – Actor, actors, mm-hmm. just a handful here and there. Yeah. and it, But it is always a little weird. Yeah. And I was really into going to the video store yeah. when I was a kid and in the summer getting to go to the video store. And I Bleaker would Street just, videos? Bleaker Street videos, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and um, then 
But I would get the same video over and over and over, like incessantly. And and Parenthood is one of those videos that I watched over and over and over and over as a little kid. Yeah. And there were other ones too, like <laughs> really stellar choices, like Big Business with Lily Tomlin and and, uh, and Bette Midler. Where they are, <laughs> two sets of twins are switched oh. at birth, and they get one Lily Tomlin and one Bette Midler. <laughs> so they each play dual roles? Yeah, and then they meet. Wow. And, like, they're so different, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love Lily Tomlin, though. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't yeah. see that, and Bette Midler. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but I'd be curious to see how it holds up. That's kind of like this movie. I hadn't watched it in a long time. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah. Up for this? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. But uh, there are lines from Parenthood that I, like, here in my head constantly because I watched it so much. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let's go ahead and talk about parenthood some then. I was surprised that it's 1989 
Since I graduated high school that year, mm-hmm. I'm older than you, as you know. And I just don't think I remembered it being that old. I thought it was in the mid-90s or something. Yeah, it was. I was pretty little when I got into this movie. and uh, Which is very funny, kind of yeah. sweet. <laughs> right. I was thinking, watching it like this, I don't know whether this has shaped part of who I am or if it says something about who I am that I liked it so much. I think that. Yeah, second yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, like Emily watched – remember the show 30-something? Oh, my gosh. I loved 30-something. Yeah, she and her friend would, like, obsess over that in high school. Yeah. And it's just so funny. I think I think especially with young uh, – with girls and young women, there's a little bit of a play adult mm-hmm. or fantasize about being older. Yeah. Because, like, every, like, woman I talked to when they were, like, middle school-aged watched things like 30-something and these sort of grown-up TV yeah. shows and movies. Yeah, thirty something. I was a little younger when that when that was on, and my mom would let me watch that. And then I had this kid named Rebecca Oyama, who I didn't. She was a kid in my class, and um, I don't know. Maybe she listens to this podcast, but uh, she uh, once came over for a play date, and I remember that I made her play thirty something. Oh, really? Yeah, like <laughs> we're gonna play thirty something. I remember that she was maybe a little bit not totally on board, but we did it. <laughs> And just acted out the characters and yeah, stuff? Yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, now you're the dad and also the sister. And also, we've just got some really bad news right. from this, you know, like. I'll be Timothy Busfield. Yeah. <laughs> so, I loved 30-something. But, yeah, Parenthood, I think, is sort of in the same. Yeah, it's not a kid's movie. No. In fact, I thought of it. I watched it so much as a kid that I remember when my younger sister was small my dad and her mom were asking for ideas of movies that they could all watch together. And I was like, Parenthood, you should totally watch Parenthood. And they called the next day and my dad was like, um, that was not appropriate. <laughs> we had to turn that off. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a few things. There are, but I think a lot. I missed a lot of them. It's pretty sanitized, kid. but yeah, yeah, I imagine you didn't understand like maybe because it wasn't so explicit with like the um, and your buddy Martha Plimpton's in it. I know. I know. It's so cool to watch her that. again in that because I, I didn't know her then, but I've come to be good friends with her. So so you guys got to be friends later? Yeah, way, way later. Yeah, just like maybe 10 or 11 years ago. Oh, okay. And so it's fun to go back and see her in that movie because she's so young. Yeah. Does she know that you love Parenthood? I don't think so. <laughs> you should tell her. <laughs> I will. And little Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Which was crazy. I just love all the people in it. I, oh, the I, cast is so good. They're so good. And, yeah. And I think when I was a kid, one of the highlights of it was that it ends with a lot of babies. Yeah, and I yeah. was really into babies. Uh-huh. So anything with babies was like, <laughs> yes, cool, good. And then I also think it's so much like the things that I like the best, funny and sad. Yeah. And like dark, like the the, the sadness of regular life, uh-huh. which I'm pretty into. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But you sure are. Yeah, I really am. (laughs) (laughs) I know you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it kind of didn't surprise me at all when you picked this because I was really curious because anytime it's somebody who's like a really good friend of mine, I'm like, I wonder what they're going to pick. It felt a little – it feels a little like like a very exposed thing to pick a movie because it's it's like when someone asks about music and you're like, oh, God, I want to say something that like encompasses my whole self and shows you that I'm not a total idiot. (laughs) But I just went with my gut. I was like, I love that movie. I want to watch it again. Uh So No, that's what the show is about, too. Like most of the picks have been like 
Die Hard or, you know, Back to the Future. Yeah. It's like it's not some high mind. Your dad, Tokyo Story, was probably about as – Art yeah. houses we've gotten. Yeah, when so you're trying far. to get serious, bring him in for. <laughs> but for a movie. I think that was legit. Your dad's favorite movie. Oh, too, totally. Though. He yeah, wasn't that's... like, well, let me be impressive. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Which is interesting because the sadness in that movie really, like, he was really into that too. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a little bit. And your mom seems like I might be wrong, but when I've been around her, she seems like a really kind of happy type person. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she she can go for some sadness. Yeah, but I don't think that she wallows in it in the same way as I do. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, it's funny because my dad's work, a lot of his songs and some of his most amazing songs are about fa- familial uh-huh. relationships and families and stuff. And yeah, I don't know if he ever saw Parenthood, and it's certainly not his kind of thing. But <laughs> I do feel like it does it does um, touch on some of the same things that he's trying to say in yeah. his work. Just the the difficulty of your family mm-hmm. and how and and how much love there is there and how much pain there is there. Yeah. And how ridiculous everybody is. Yeah. And I thought that like – I mean I love this movie and I hadn't seen it in a long time. And they really did a great job of weaving together so many different storylines. And, and it never came across like – you know, they dealt with like – Younger kids having sex and mm-hmm. the youngest, like little Joaquin Phoenix having porn and and interracial relationships and growing old with someone and cheating and leaving someone and uh, the Tom Hulse character disappointing someone. And then the Jason Robards, there were so many different character types, but it never felt like, like, oh, you know, we're just putting this in there because we had we don't have this kind of character. Totally. Like it, it all was felt pretty, real. It felt believable. I mean, it, in the kind of genre that it is. So not like total realism, but well, just sure. like, but like, yeah, I could see how the, these characters are a family. And, and that's gone life. To, like, yeah. it is real. Like, you might have one kid that is has some emotional issues and yeah. is trying to work things out. And another kid who's ramming his head into the wall constantly. Yeah. And their cousin <laughs> might be a little future Mensa member. Yeah. Like none of it felt false. Totally. And that know? part where the, the little kid is banging his head up against the wall yeah. is one of the moments <laughs> in the movie that I used to reference a lot. And I remember telling my mom, like when I was a little, little kid, like, it's so funny. And then he's banging his uh-huh. head on the wall. And then, and then the other kid says, looks at him and says, I, and I'm the one in therapy. Right. And I remember my mom saying to me, why is it that you think that's so funny? Like she was like uh-huh. <laughs> trying to find out like what was wrong with me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. And I love the, the grandmother's character. Yes. And the moment when she talks about her ups and downs. On the roller how coaster. she's learned to. <laughs> yeah. I just, I love, I love all of them. Well, and it, it was a very sweet line when she talks about the, she prefers the roller coaster to the merry-go-round. But it, and it was could have been like a syrupy sweet movie moment, but then right afterwards, Steve Martin kind of makes fun of it. Yeah, and that really kind of takes the piss out of it. I think totally in like the perfect way. If Grandma's so smart, why is she sitting in the neighbor's car? <laughs> yeah, that's one yeah. of my favorite lines. <laughs> Me too. And the line with Kevin at the end when he said, "And I'm the one in therapy." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a cute little line, but what that means is that like it's showing him fully coming around to sort of accepting. And even making a little joke yeah. that he's in therapy. Yeah. Which is because you want, I mean, poor little Kevin. I know. And he's he loses so, his retainer. I know. In the trash. Was, oh, my God. That's one of the worst. That scene is scenes. so hard. It's harrowing where he, 
that like what are they at Chuck E. Cheese or something, something? like that? And he loses his retainer and he flips out. And, but I it's know. like so, he's really good when he like it's so yeah like stressful yeah and like and he's causing a scene and then yeah. the parents are like Steve Martin's trying to stop the scene and it's just so real. Like I think everyone, even if you don't have kids, you've been a kid and been in families that like you've been in those situations. Yeah, it was so sad. Yeah. That kid was so great. Yeah, so great. And even the kid in the b- very beginning who plays young Steve Martin talking <laughs> yeah. to the usher at the baseball game. Uh-huh. Um, he's great, great too. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> They're all really good. I feel like it shows – it says a lot about relationships, like the how much room there is for total dysfunction mm-hmm. in the in the kind of affection of it. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, of course, the – Steve Martin's dad's character. Oh man, he's not very nice, is he? No, but it was that was sort of like necessary, you right. know, because those were a lot of the dads mm-hmm. or granddads, and Jason Robards is just, I mean, so good. Yeah, I was always such a big fan of his. Yeah, I was so sad when he died. Um, and then the you know Tom Holtz is so good. Oh gosh, as the the black sheep who sort of one of my favorite parts of the movie actually. <laughs> Is when the limo flies around the corner, the black caddy or whatever, and dumps him out. And he just gets up and he's like, oh, yeah, just some friends uh, just dropped me off. <laughs> Jason Robart's like, friends usually stop, slow yeah. down, even stop to let yeah. you out of the car. Yeah, that's such a good moment. And then his kid, Cool, yeah. is such the saddest little boy. He's so cute. I know. Yeah, what's the story is the mom shot somebody and had to leave town or yeah. something? yeah. Yeah, because they were doing Elvis on Ice together. Yes. <laughs> There's so many dumb jokes, but like funny dumb jokes. Yeah, really, really funny. And 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 then the Martha Plimpton, Keanu Reeves storyline uh-huh. is great too. Just the people in the movie, every single person yeah. is like so compelling. Uh-huh. The cast is just Yeah, like and they so managed to strong. juggle it all, I think, really well. Yeah. Like that was pretty daunting to have that many characters yeah. and storylines. But – yeah, their relationship was just so real and teen angsty and like, I'm just so in love, you know? Yeah. Like, it hurts totally. that they're so in love. And you yeah. know they're not going to last. And no. even at the end, Diane Weiss is like, nah, yeah, I'll give it 50-50. I know. I love that about the movie. It's so much gray area. Yeah. Like, it's so, it could be one of those movies that, like, everything ties up in a bow. Yeah. But it isn't, thank goodness. No, I mean, there were some satisfying resolutions. Yeah, like the babies, all the babies that all happen. The babies. <laughs> and, uh, well, we'll get to the end in a minute. But um, the Diane Weiss character, I love her. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love her. And Mary Steenburgen, like, in real life. Like, I just worship both of them. Yeah. And the character, Diane Weiss' character to have, uh, and it all comes around, but having these two children, especially Gary, the little Joaquin like that's every parent's worst nightmare is to lose your children, lose that connection mm-hmm. to where there's just nothing there. Yeah. And I hadn't seen that movie since I had a kid at all. And that's like that's my worst nightmare is to yeah. not like have my little buddy like forever. Yeah. And for there to be a time where she's like, I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. And I'm just like, I can't even think about that. I get like sad. And even his his character is not – that straight up, like, I'm a teenager, 
whatever, mom. He's, he's sadder than that. Yeah. He's so much sadder than that and so much lonelier than that. And, yep. and when he comes to life and and is happier and uh, Keanu Reeves cuts his hair or so she great. cuts his hair and yeah. they all they all want to get their hair cut or whatever. Yeah. It's, and he smiles for the first time. Uh-huh. It's so great. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's sad because he's a, bro- a kid of a broken family. Yeah. And has a father that doesn't want anything to do with him. Yeah. So that's like how the, that's how kids react. Yeah. It's just so real again. I know. It's you know? so good. I love all of them. What are some of your uh, – and Rick Moranis. I forgot that oh he was Oh, my gosh. It. That whole part, too, where they've got the little girl who's – Yeah. Smart? <laughs> or something. <laughs> trained. Yeah, smart. And I and love trained. the moment when he wants to get back together with his wife and he comes into the classroom yeah. and she's teaching and he sings to her. That's very sweet. Yeah. There are so many awkward, uncomfortable moments too. Mm-hmm. Like when the, the black sheep brother comes in, comes home, uh-huh. and they're all sort of like, hey. Yeah, yeah. And you can just feel it. You know it right away, exactly what the whole situation oh, is, yeah. how the mom feels, how the dad feels, uh-huh. how the siblings feel. I love it. Yeah, and I think everyone's been in situations like that in their own families, whether it's the weird cousin who shows up and everyone, you know, is just like, ah, okay. Yeah. But then you get a little older and the weird cousin's probably normal. Yeah. You know, although yeah. Tom Holtz, I mean, he had a gambling problem. Yeah, he did. He was having a – Yeah. Right, because then, of course, the dad has told uh, Steve Martin he never should have had four kids. Oh, God, that scene was tough. And then Steve Martin knows that his wife is pregnant with their fourth yes. child. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I made a note because at the very beginning when with young Gil, um, that scene's really funny, but he says something about, I'm 35 now. And I'm 47, and I was just like, oh, my God. Me too. Am I, I had 12 the same years thought. older than this character? <laughs> Me too. I had the same thought. I, I I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I thought he was like grown-up dad You start Googling age. ages. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how old was Steve Martin when he played this? How old was he? Did he I didn't. I didn't find out, yeah. but he was pr- probably younger than me. Oh, my god. Like, he went gray super early. Yeah. So he was gray in his, like, 20s. Yeah. So he's not the best, you know, person to look at. Right. right. I was alarmed by that moment as well, the yeah. age moment. And I also learned a new word when I was a kid, that word amalgam that he explains. Oh, yeah. He said you're I have an amalgam. gone on to, like, every time I've ever said that word, I've thought of that scene in Parenthood. Really? Yep. It's an amalgam? <laughs> that was really funny. Um, I had a couple of favorite lines picked out here, too. Um, oh, oh. When... Uh, when Diane Weiss finds the naked pictures uh-huh. and and she says, Martha goes, it's just for fun, mom. And she says, well, I'm glad it's not a job. <laughs> that scene where she's looking at the naked pictures and reacting like, oh, this one's for the fridge. Or yeah. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. And yeah. then she goes, oh, here's one for my wallet later on, too. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. Oh, my How old is she supposed to be in that? Are they supposed to be teenagers? I guess so. She must be supposed to be like 17 or 16. Or yeah, it's kind of right? hard to tell. Yeah. Her hair was so bad at the beginning of that I movie. Know. <laughs> she was so young and, and uh, great. I mean, I just yeah. thought she was great in in this. And yeah. I mean, this is only a few years after Goonies, really. Yeah. Which you know, I've, that was probably 85 or something. I have to confess I've never seen that. <gasps> what? I know. Oh, my Lord. I know. Oh, God. How'd you manage to miss that one? You know, I have some weird cultural gaps in my yeah. past. Why? For example, I never saw Star Wars. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> I never saw. Keep going. Um, <laughs> E.T.? Dirty Dancing. Well, okay. Well, my mom says <laughs> E.T. was the first movie she ever took me to in the theater, but I looked up when it came out, and it that seems impossible. That you saw E.T.? I mean, I was six months old when it came oh, out. Oh, I can't imagine on. that she took me to it, but maybe she did. Who knows? Well, I think they may have done a, like a re-release of that, too. So yeah, maybe, that's possible. Maybe it ran for a while. So you didn't see Dirty Dancing, didn't, didn't see the, Star Wars, yeah. didn't see Goonies. Right. What else? What, mm, what other biggies can you think of? <laughs> I didn't see... Oh, this happens all the time where, where things come up and everybody in the room right. the record scratches <laughs> and looks at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> where have you been? Um... Gosh, now I'm blanking on well, some other ones. Well, it's but. hard to remember things you haven't experienced sometimes. Yeah. The, uh, you know, it's not too late. I guess. I would like, like a to big... see Goonies with you. It's really? one of Emily's favorite movies. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe like, I'll come over sometime. Yeah, next time you it. come to Atlanta, we'll have a Goonies night. Yeah, I know that people – like I've learned to kind of cover for my cultural gaps. So, like, I've kind of, like, gotten some of the – So people think you're weird. Yeah, some of the Star Wars lingo. Like, I'm like, okay, they're talking about Star Wars. In fact, I had, like, a <laughs> – I had like a a weird quasi romantic interaction once that was over Instagram message mm-hmm. and I was really thrown off by one of the person's responses okay. to something and then I showed it to someone else after I'd responded like cluelessly <laughs> like I don't know like with this person I I forget what it was exactly it was oh I said something like you're my favorite. <laughs> and the person said, I know. Okay. And I was like, what? This is so confusing. <laughs> and then I showed it to someone else and they were like, that's a Star Wars reference. I know? Because, oh, because yeah, she yeah, says, yeah, I yeah. love you. To and Han he Solo. says, I know. So I like, I have to brush up on my things because you never know when somebody might be like making that's a, a pretty, movie reference. Not obscure, but like uh, that didn't even jump to my mind immediately. Well, that makes me feel better. Did you see, have you seen none of the Star Wars ever? No, none ever. You know, I'm going to give you a pass on that because it uh, that doesn't surprise me. You're not, you wouldn't, that's not your thing. Probably not. I mean, do they have a lot of familial angst? <laughs> well, yeah, surprisingly. I might like it. Okay, so I might like it. <laughs> I was what about, about say, Goonies? Well, no, of course not, but actually there is a lot of familial <laughs> angst. Um, I had another really funny line in here. I like the part when Patty, the little girl, um, Rick Moranis's kid is yeah. looking at the flashcards that have the dots on them, and she picks right, out what the, the square, root. square root of some crazy <laughs> number is. And then his kid, uh, Steve Martin's kid, picks up the cardboard thing, and and they're like, "See, you know, he could be just as smart." And then they cut back to the kid, and he's eating the yeah. card. And, <laughs> and Steve Martin, joke. Martin says, "Slow down, Justin. I'll get you some dip." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he always handles it so well. Yeah. Like you can tell it, but like behind the scenes with with his wife, he kind of lets out how much some of that stuff bothers him, but he doesn't let like his brother in law see that. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, yeah, and they there was it's hard to have mo- kids in movies. Yeah, I feel like and it can go really wrong. Yeah, if they're too acty and precocious. Yeah, it's but they like totally annoying. pulled it off. I feel like with yeah, these kids, too. this set of kids. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Um. And, I mean, a couple of the best scenes in the movie, to me, that even, like, you have a cold, dead heart if you don't, if you can't watch the cowboy Gill scene yeah. and not, like, just smile from ear to ear. Totally. It's one of the great movie scenes. <laughs> totally. You know? 
And it's just again, so sweet. like the retainer scene, it's so awful. Yeah. When when it looks like it's going wrong. Yeah. And the kid's birthday party is going wrong. And it's like, oh, Ugh. no, this is not what Kevin needs right now. Not what he needs. No. And then it doesn't seem like there's any way that Steve Martin could possibly fix it. <laughs> but he does. and it, But not, again, not in like a... You know, beyond it's it's ridiculous enough that it's totally like, yeah, okay, I'm with you. Yeah, totally. the way it plays out too, they do. I think they were smart enough to where he didn't rush out there, and everyone was like, yeah, right. Like he had to win them, and he started <laughs> off, and they're like, this is lame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he talks about the bullet hole being bigger and bigger, and then he's like, wait, these are kids. Yeah, and then he talks about slipping around in the guts and like, and then they're like, so yeah. cute. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and the riding away and the horse and falling off it was, and then popping back up over the hedge. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> such a great moment. And then even afterwards when he's talking to his wife about it and he it hasn't it hasn't like quenched his worry about anything. Right. He's like, but what next? Like yeah, the it was next like a, thing a that doesn't go right for yeah. Kevin. Like what are we gonna do? And I think that's what it's like to be grown up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ray of sunshine. What can I say? <laughs> no, I know you. You know, like just he just is like he's like, yeah, I did that and it went well, but like, what are we going to do for these kids and right. how are we going to make sure that they're okay? And you it's know. like happiness is fleeting, sadness mm-hmm. is forever. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I want a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <laughs> totally. That sounds like the name of a Lucy Wainwright album. Yeah, it could just be even called "Sadness Is Forever." <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Uh, and then the other scene, too, that, like, again, you have a cold, dead heart if you're not, like, at least a little teary-eyed is the baseball scene. Yeah. When Kevin finally, like, catches that ball. Yeah. Ugh. And, and Steve as, Martin's as, reaction. As goofy so as he good. is, it's so great. <laughs> it's that really little funny. move he does is just, like, <laughs> no one does like, that. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah. Like, And I love – there are so many – for some reason, it's it's funny and like genuinely funny enough to get away with the cheesiness of it, like where things go right. Yeah, and like when Diane Weiss's character get, has that boyfriend, mm-hmm. the biology teacher. Yes, and she says she peed in a field at Woodstock, uh-huh. and like just the moments where people get when something goes right are totally enjoyable. Yeah. Because it's not, because it's also like everything is sad and awful. Yeah. And and you need sort of like, sometimes you need to see something kind of sugary sweet like that. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Because it is rough in real IRL. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if people generally uh, experience this movie as like, as sad as I do. Like, I mean, it's not – I also think it's funny, but the reason I love it is mm-hmm. because it has sort of like an undercurrent of And now I totally sadness. agree, and I think a lot of people may not like – I think when people think, oh, parenthood, they remember Cowboy Gill and hitting the head on the – the kid ramming his head into yeah. things and all the sort of kind of <laughs> silly jokes and not like all the pathos underneath yeah. all these characters. Yeah, I think it's – it says something that I loved that movie as a kid, but when I watched it as an adult, so I'm 36 now, uh-huh. and I, I felt like, yeah, they're they're totally hitting on like adult stuff. Also, yeah. like it wasn't like I was like, oh my god, this yeah, thing. Yeah. Like I thought, like there, it's a. I totally get what they're getting at. Uh huh. Um, when uh, Royal Tenenbaums came out, another one of my favorite family. Family movies, family mm-hmm. depiction movies. Haven't seen it. 
jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Lucy. Really? Nope. Have you ever seen a Wes Anderson movie? Um, At all? I'm not sure. <laughs> You're a treasure. Try me on some others. <laughs> You're just the best. Rushmore? No. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums? No. Bottle Rocket? No. The, the Darjeeling, Life Aquatic? No. Life Aquatic, Darjeeling, uh, Darjeeling Limited? I'm going to go with no across the board. <laughs> uh, what was the one with the uh, – you haven't seen any of them, have you? I don't think so. All right. You'd like, you'd like Royal Tenenbaums. Really? It's another good I movie about it. families that has a sad um, underbelly for sure. Okay, cool. And the log line for that movie, or maybe it was on the poster or something – I'll never forget. It was so good. It was uh, family isn't a word. It's a sentence. Mm. And I was like, man. Yeah. That's deep. That's good. <laughs> that's the real totally. deal. <laughs> God. I, th- I haven't seen Royal Tannenbaums or any Wes Anderson movie <laughs> at all. Yeah. We've only just begun to scratch the surface of what's missing from well, my consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is my uh, I have the little uh, mini episodes to do on Monday with my co-host, uh, Noel, who is usually over there. And I... I make fun of him all the time for the things he hasn't seen. So I did a little game called Knowles Holes <laughs> where I picked like 20 movies from across a range of generations and but all really popular. Mm-hmm. And he he kind of got uh, pissed off about it, which is kind of funny. But I think he saw 11 out of the 20 because we had a bet that it would be over under 50 percent. So he just eked by. Just eked by. I could probably – but, do really yeah. well slash poorly at Knowles Holes if you played it with me. I just thought of another one, Titanic. I didn't see that. Wow. Or Romeo and Juliet with Claire Danes. I didn't see that either. Mm, you can get a pass on that one. Titanic, that was just so, like, big. It's hard to imagine you avoiding that. Well, Romeo and Juliet, when I was in high school, was like that all of the girls had seen yeah. it. So the it seems like a thing yeah. that I should have seen, but I don't know what happened. Uh, but you've probably seen the 70s or the 60s version, right? I bet. Of Romeo and Juliet, maybe? No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they usually show that in school. <laughs> I was too busy watching 30-something. Right. Over and over. Over and over. Yep. <laughs> or Parenthood. Over and over. Uh, let me see what else I have here. I think that's it. Grandma with the the helium tank. I mean, I know so She's goofy, so but like, why not? She's so good. <laughs> she was wonderful. <laughs> um, you got anything else on Parenthood? Well, we didn't talk about the end. End really. We danced around it. That great bit of misdirection when the baby scene. You think mm-hmm. it's Mary Steenburgen, right? And then you think, well, no, maybe it was Martha. Yeah. But then the big reveal. I know. Right? Is a late in life yes. baby from the biology teacher and Diane Weiss. I know. It's pretty good. It's great. It's so great. And, and everybody everyone has else a baby. has their babies. <laughs> and it's just kids and babies everywhere. Yeah. And that's that a really like, wonderful moment. I am still totally sold on that. I think that was my idea of every movie, every happy movie. I know that like Shakespeare, it's supposed to end with a wedding. But yeah, yeah. I don't care about that. How about. A bunch of babies. That seems good. <laughs> I miss having a baby. Yeah. And I get nice. why people have more babies because you miss babies. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a little bit out of it and you're like, have a whatever, a three-year-old and you're like, oh, man, I miss babies. Yeah, totally. And I have to stop myself when I see babies from touching them. Yeah. Because it's you sh- frowned upon. Yeah. You should not do that. <laughs> but I want to have like a hat that says, 
I'm a dad. I like babies. I'm not a creep. <laughs> right. Well, when I was a kid. I just kid, want to touch your baby's foot. <laughs> exactly. When I was a kid, I could get away with that. I, I, sometimes at my mom's shows, I would go out in the audience, and if somebody had a baby, I would, like, hang out with them and, and get them to give me the baby. Uh-huh. So then I'd, like, walk around the whole night with the baby. This was, like, a thing that I used to do. But it doesn't work when you're an adult. It seems dangerous and scary when you're an adult. You could get away with it. You're a lady. You got a sweet face. I'd have to be real, real careful. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah. But people it's not like you to take me their baby lumbering up away. there. Yeah. <laughs> like I, people run. Well, if I had a baby, I'd let you touch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I miss those babies. They're fun. And people that hate kids and babies. I mean, I get it. It's if that's your thing. Yeah. But like, I'm always like. You were a kid once. Yeah, I mean they're like, annoying, not loved? but they're but they're also great. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a challenge to be sure. Yeah, and um, you know maybe I didn't love everyone else's kid before I had a kid. Yeah, so maybe that's part they're of it. They're endlessly know. interesting, I think. And I used to yeah. when I was a teacher. I think that's part of what's so magical about that job is just the like array of people that you're dealing with in that intimate way. Yeah, these a class full of people who are just so fully themselves. Yeah. And like, there's no, um, I don't know all the correct psychological terms, but there's just no pretension about anything. It's yeah. just raw human beings and totally. raw human nature and personality <laughs> before they know, you know, it, it's, it's, it, what sucks is, is to see little bits of innocence being lost along the way. It's the saddest thing yeah. to see, like, even little things like the first up, true upsets. Yeah. And uh, that's the worst thing is they go from these perfect little pure beings and then you just – that gets chipped away as you grow older and older yeah. and older. <laughs> that's the log line of parenthood. Yeah. <laughs> I feel Seriously. Like, and yeah, I was uh, – putting my niece to bed a couple of years ago and I don't see her that much because she lives in L.A. and I live in New York and so she was milking it. You know, I'd read like 12 books yeah. and sung a bunch of songs and so <laughs> You're finally, a pushover too, I bet. <laughs> totally. I have terrible boundaries and so she was really getting a lot for her money and so I, um, <laughs> I finally said like, hey, why don't you sing yourself a song? I'm just going to go out in the other room with the adults. Good night. And she said... Fine, but I'm going to sing a song about a sad human. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, welcome to the family. Yep. That's what we do here. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Oh, that's so funny. And how old at the time? She was probably three uh-huh. or almost four. Now she's seven. She's big now. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Ruby will start to – She's you just get more clued in or she does to things. And like little things like I was mad this morning because my – Stupid. uh, I was in a hurry and like the gate didn't shut Mm -hmm. and I had to get out and go do it. And I was just like, ah, outside. And she went, Daddy, were you frustrated? Oh, I said I was. And she said, why? I was like, it's fine. I'm just in a hurry. And she went, were you frustrated because the gate didn't close? Oh, she's like, (laughs) I was like, yes, I was. (laughs) She was like, I didn't miss any of that. (laughs) Well, and part of it, too, is teaching uh, future adults like to embrace all those feelings. Yeah. I try my best to not say, don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, cry, it's fine. You yeah. know, it's okay to be sad. Yeah. And that's what this movie maybe has to say. Yeah. It's like all the emotions are here. Yeah. And even though they end on a high note, a baby-filled high note, 
<laughs> we can assume that things are going to go downhill again shortly, even later that day. Like, that's the whole movie is like, yeah, it's the grandmother roller coaster thing. Uh-huh. Like, I wonder if Parenthood, the movie 10 years later, like, Keanu Reeves and Martha are totally divorced. Totally. Probably like a couple of kids. Yeah. Who knows if little Joaquin, little Gary is truly on the straight and narrow. Yeah. I guess it depends on if the biology teacher stuck around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which it look, you know, they kind of set you up to think that they have they have a good thing going. Yep, and the the grandparents are probably gone. They're in, gone in version two. Yeah, <laughs> chapter yeah. two. Mom might be around, but she didn't really have much of a part in this. I no, felt she bad. didn't. But but that said so much too. Sure, like the kind of wife, the kind of marriage that she was in with yeah. her husband, like that, and how she, he's kind of taking shots at her all the time, but she doesn't say anything. Yeah. It was he, he was, wasn't he was nice asshole. to his wife. No. No. He was not a, and not nice to her, her mother either, grandma. No, and I thought Steve Martin the way he handled uh that situation was so real. Mm-hmm. Um like it didn't show a lot of outward anger at his dad for being a shitty dad. Yeah. It was just sort of like he's got to be around and I'll tolerate it. But he did have that one good moment where Jason Robards I mean, he's such a lovable guy, and he played such a dick in this. Yeah. But when he's saying, like, Kevin, that kid, he's, you know, he's no bigger than you are. You should blah, 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 blah. And finally Steve Martin oh. just snapped. Yeah. And it was like, you know, shut up, Dad, or whatever he said. Yeah. But I was so glad for that moment. Totally. It's like somebody tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, because he, he, he needed to be really yelled at. Because, of course, earlier in the movie they have the thing where he's like, whose wedding did I get drunk at? And Steve Martin's like, all three, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which flies right past Jason Roberts. He doesn't care, you know, but he needed to be in yeah. his place there at the end. Yeah, and to, and, the, and the sadness, too, of uh, cool. Oh, cool. When Tom Holtz is basically setting up, like, the next thing and he's leaving and he fucking forgets about his son. Yeah. Because Jason Robards is like, and what about cool? And he's like, oh, right. Right. And that was so depressing. I know. And cool is so cute. I know. His little face. And already so has cute. such a like, is behind the eight ball in life yeah. because of his messed up dad. And then I guess he's staying with his super messed up granddad. Yeah. So, yeah, things are really going to go great for all of them. But they show the, in the next they, chapter. They all seem happy in the hospital. <laughs> they all had fun. All those babies and everything was fine. And cut. And we don't we don't see what happens next. Did you watch the TV show at all? No. Is it are they the same? I have characters? no idea. I was yeah. going to ask you. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure it is probably right. I don't know. I I I don't know. I think I, in a way I was afraid to ever. No, I don't want to see it. Look at it because yeah. I was because I love this one so much uh-huh. that I was like, oh, I don't know what they've done with it. Yeah, there surely aren't enough babies in it. And <laughs> and they made it so many years later too, which is weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, who knows? I'll have to check it out. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. (laughs) And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, 
and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Lucy, so we finished with a couple of uh, segments. What Ebert said... Disappointment. He gave it four stars. Is that Roger uh, Ebert? How many can you get? Four. Oh, great. Yeah, he cool. got four out of four. <laughs> I feel like I won. <laughs> four out of ten. Your movie's awesome. Um, Ron Howard's Parenthood is a delicate balancing act between comedy and truth, a movie that contains a lot of laughter and yet is more concerned with character than punchlines. It's the best kind of comedy where we recognize the truth of what's happening, even while we're smiling. And where we eventually acknowledge that there is a truth in comedy that serious drama can never quite reach. What I enjoyed most about the movie is the way so many scenes were uh, thought through to an additional level. Howard and his collaborators don't simply make a point. They make the point and then take another look at it from a new angle, finding a different kind of truth. Kind of agree with that. That's what I meant to say. No, I like <laughs> I like sadness is forever better. <laughs> uh, and then five questions. Um What's the first movie you remember seeing in the theater? Well, like I said, my mom says my first movie was E.T., but I was like, couldn't speak or talk at that time, so that seems weird. I do remember seeing Bambi, Mm -hmm. and I remember that we went with my Aunt Anna, who actually is a year younger than me because of an interesting family setup, and Anna... She was into happy things, and she was scared easily, and I remember that her mom had to remove her from the theater during... 
Bambi, mm-hmm. and also during the Fox and the Hound later. <laughs> but I was like watching her go up the aisle. Had like, to remove hey. because of sadness? Yeah, like uh-huh. too scary, too sad. Bambi's mom gets shot. Yeah. No, boy, I have to go. No. And but I was like, I remember like watching her going up the aisle, being like, "No, this I'm I'm staying. Yeah, like, I'm in for this." <laughs> <laughs> well, because they start off with Bambi's mom being shot, and you were probably like, "Uh huh." Yeah, I was that's like, what "That's happens. what happens." That's right. That's what happens. <laughs> that movie ruined Emily for uh, Disney movies. She's really? like, "Yeah, no." She's like, "They're all they all have some sort of death." Yeah, they do. I'm like, yeah, I think that's kind of one of the points is they're trying to teach kids about death. Yeah, through Bambi. Sadness is forever. Yeah. She's like, nope. (laughs) Uh, Do you remember your first R-rated movie? No, but I do remember that my mom let me watch on TV when I was about seven or eight, Fatal Attraction. Ooh. That was probably your first R-rated movie. (laughs) She let me watch it all the way until the end, and there was one scene she wouldn't let me watch. I know. I bet. The rabbit part. Yep. She wouldn't let me watch that part, and she was like, "You have to go to bed now. You can't see the rest." Yeah, because that would have truly upset you. Yeah, well, I was, yeah, I liked animals a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still do. A boiled bunny is not. Yeah, yeah. And it took years for me to discover what it was that I didn't get to see, <laughs> which is that she boiled the bunny. Yeah, yeah. Good job, mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally the right thing to do. I don't know. Let if... you see that and then not see the. <laughs> well, I mean, bunny. the rest of the movie isn't particularly. Child friendly? Child friendly, no. No, it's nope. not at all. Uh, will you walk out of a bad movie? Um, I know you talked with my dad about this, and he talked about how he walks out of movies a lot. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be very stressful. To walk out of movies? When he walks out of a movie that oh. I'm at with him. <laughs> He'll just get up and leave with you yeah. next to him? Or when I was a kid, I remember we once went to see a different Steve Martin movie, that one where he's like a um, – televangelist or something oh uh, yeah yeah that? i know what you mean and we, i can't remember he, the name of it we left uh-huh. in the middle because my dad Leap was like faith. i can't do this yeah <laughs> so i didn't like that feeling so i would say for the most part no i uh-huh. would stay okay because so he i'm would a drag doormat you out? He would <laughs> yeah take he would you take me yeah. and say we're leaving we're leaving okay. yeah <laughs> so i'm a movie doormat i'll watch whatever if i'm if you get me in there uh-huh. i'm in until the end movie doormat that's yeah. a, i like that term yeah. <laughs> um, all right. This is tailored for you. What uh, what song do you wish you had written? Like when you hear it, you're just like, man, if I could write that song. Yeah. Well. And it's not necessarily your favorite song either. Right. Although There's it might be. a song. Um, hmm, gosh, this is really got to think about this. Okay. There's a song called Holy by a songwriter called Chris Perica that I've uttered the words, I wish I wrote this song. Ah. It's not a song that a lot of people would probably know, but okay. it's re- really sad. Yeah, yeah. And so good. Uh-huh. Um, You're like, and, man, you nailed the sadness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God damn it. This sadness chunk is taken already. <laughs> <laughs> you already wrote it. Um, and... I'm trying to think of something more. Well, one thing I've I've noticed is that some really famous songs that I have known always, I've covered them and they've changed into a different thing for me. So like 
You've you sat it up plenty of cover yeah, songs. Right. I've, I'm like I've a, heard it. a dirge machine. <laughs> you can just give me something upbeat and I'll just dirgeify it yeah, for you. Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, Watch that this. would be tragic. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been singing lately. I, I've been singing my show lately um, because I feel like people are so stressed about the world and things are really hard and people mm-hmm. are having a hard time. I've been singing Won't Back Down. Uh but like yeah. super sad and slow. <laughs> I could hear that. Like I'm picturing that coming from you and I bet that's yeah. great. You won't have to picture it too much longer because I'm going to put it up on Spotify. Oh, awesome. <laughs> but um, he, yeah, like that's a song I've always known. I've always liked. But then in that context, yeah. you're like, oh, like Hell it's really yeah. actually totally heartbreaking. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking of those words now. Yeah. And so, Man. you know, that – Ability for somebody to write a song like that that lives its whole life as one thing uh-huh. but holds up as a totally different thing. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. You know, like a – or Hungry Heart. I did yeah. that with too. Same thing. Like I've, I've heard it my whole that. life, you know, but then when I heard it. Yeah. Oh, actually, we did that together. Yeah, we we did that. And also on my record, I sang it with Martha Plimpton. Oh, wow. And it was her idea to first cover it. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. And so I admire that kind of writing where – Maybe the song even has two lives that yeah. you wouldn't expect. Petty and Springsteen. Yeah. No okay, slouches. So, right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> no slouches. Um, boy, that was a good answer. Oh, good. Movie going 101. <laughs> uh, what What do you do at the theater? Where do you sit and what do you eat? Um, I will sit anywhere. This is – see, this is like – I'm like I said earlier, I, I have – pretty bad boundaries and practice pretty poor self-care. So really, I'll do whatever the other person wants. Uh, I'll sit anywhere and I'll eat anything and I'll do whatever you want, <laughs> mostly. Um, and uh, I, But I used, I li- I'm, I'm really, I like babies, but I also really like candy. Mm-hmm. Um, I never think I want popcorn, but usually if someone gets it, I start in with the popcorn and that I can do – I can put away some popcorn. I like babies, but I really like candy. <laughs> yeah. That's another T-shirt. Have you ever taken candy from a baby? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Ooh, take a baby with can- – that has the candy. Yeah. That's the move. Then you've got all of them. you got it all. got it all. Babies, candy, and a record, a criminal record. <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to end. Okay. Good. All right. Thanks, Lucy. <laughs> Thank you. All right, folks. Hope you dug that one. That was fun. I like to get these musicians in here. And I guess technically Lucy's an actor as well because uh, she was on the Stuff You Should Know show. And I tell you what, if you play Jerry, I mean, she should have got an Emmy nomination for that because Jerry is an enigma. And she really captured that on screen, everybody. (laughs) Uh, So check out the Stuff You Should Know show. Go give it a look if you never saw it. it's a very odd little show that we did. And like I said, you can get it on Amazon Prime and uh, check out Lucy's handiwork as an actor. I thought she was just so good and natural. And uh, Lucy doesn't have a false bone in her body. And that comes across on screen. Uh, and so support her her work. Go see her on tour, like I said. Get Little Beast and check that out. Put it on uh, when it's raining outside and you'll thank yourself. And uh, I hope you had a good time. Until next time, write a sad song yourself and sing it and cry.
Movie Crush is produced, engineered, edited, and soundtracked by Noel Brown and Ramsey Yunt at HowStuffWorks Studios, Pont City Market, Atlanta, Georgia. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 